For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. All right, on today's show, we're going to explore a big week of changes on YouTube, including one that may require you to change the banner on the top of any YouTube channels you manage, ASAP, an AI update that could dramatically decrease the click-through rates on our videos. And YouTube is renaming to something we've already been calling it for years and years and years, but it'll be important to know as well. And we'll get into all of that right now. My name is Jerry Potter, host of the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production where we break down the latest social media news and what it means for marketers like you. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Today, I am joined by Diana Gladney. Diana is a YouTube expert and consultant. Her YouTube channel is designed to help entrepreneurs simplify the video creation process, and she's the host of the Video Simplified podcast. Diana, welcome back to the show. Why, thanks so much for having me here. I am pumped to be back. So just a few short days ago, this came out of nowhere. YouTube made a bunch of changes to the way that links work on YouTube channels. So walk us through what these updates came, everything that they kind of revealed with this. Yeah. So when it comes to the links, as far as YouTube is concerned, we've done this now with shorts or it is coming. And then you have that with your regular videos. And mostly when it comes to shorts, you'll see either in a description, which is way at the top with those three dots, or it could be where you're posting that in a pinned comment. Usually that's to a video or that's to your product, of course, or whatever the thing is. Well, now that's going away by the end of the month. And they're saying that this is for spam issues and whatnot, but this comes awfully close to the release of the YouTube shopping and all of those clickable buttons and interface such and such. But so it feels more like a, not so much so a security feature, but more of like, hey, instead of going to these suspicious links, go ahead and go by way of our profitable links. <laughs> At least that's the way it feels. As you're saying, this was a selfish move because they described it as an unselfish move. Like we want to cut down on spam. I mean, if you are a creator and you're really into the YouTube scene, you would have seen how horrific the comment section has been over the last several months with a spam accounts, and they've obviously done their best with that. But the comment section with links is something that's always been in the creator side, like either we can post links and nobody else can. But I, I don't feel like how can you trust us for our regular videos on demand? But all of a sudden for shorts, we're no longer trustworthy for what we post. I think that should be channel specific. If you have been seen to post nefarious things and you probably are doing that on regular videos and not just shorts. Yeah, well, and it does seem to be the spam links have definitely been a problem with shorts. And it seemed to me mm -hmm. that they were kind of saying, well, it's much easier for somebody to put up a short, put some links in and go viral, depending on what the content is, because they pick some topic or some visual that that tends to go viral versus the effort that it takes to put on a video on demand, the, the long form videos on YouTube. So that was one part of it. And then the other part was they took off the channel links on the banner. And so if you visited somebody's YouTube channel on desktop, you'd have this row of links on the right side of your banner and clever people would then even have a 
a call to action on the banner that would point to that. It wouldn't show on mobile. So it worked out really well. Those links are now gone. So where are those links now on YouTube channels? For your channel, if you had anything that was posted there, those are going to go and be redirected to. So, so if you're on mobile, you should see this like right underneath your profile bubble. And then if you're on desktop, probably going to have to go to the about section or what have you. But I think they're honestly still playing around with how this functions just because so many other changes are happening at the same time. It feels more in the air versus more of a concrete thing for some of these changes like that. Yeah. And so they're now saying you can have up to 14 links there. I'm on my channel. I decided to just strip it down and have one link there, the main mm -hmm. one that I want to send people to, because we saw this similarly on Instagram last year where they gave it the chance to have more links and it would show one link and then it would say, and more, and then somebody would click on it. And then you got eight links or 14 links. It can get very, very confusing and people won't click on any of them. So I decided to kind of right. just go to, down to one link. Is there something mm -hmm. that you're kind of recommending for your clients? Yeah, the one or three... And the why I'm saying that is because you have to think about the social behavior of somebody that's on the platform. If they're already going to click, then you don't need to have the YouTube link to subscribe button there. That button is already populated someplace else. Mm -hmm. And then it should be either what you're currently pushing and recommending. Since it's at the top of the page, a lot of attention is going to be there. Any heat maps would probably suggest the same. Or you'll see people start to put, I think, for marketers, link tree type social media posts that you would put on Instagram. You're kind of putting that there just so it's like, hey, here's all the stuff. And maybe it's a bit more customized. But I think the fact that you can have the favicons or favicons, I'm not sure exactly how that's pronounced. Like I always say favicons. <laughs> you can have those, keep those branded to your company and what you usually would put stuff around. But maybe your membership, current course. But I would just say one to three or just one and whatever the most important thing is for people to do. Just think of it like a call to action. Okay. So the links that are in YouTube descriptions on shorts in comments are going to become unclickable on August 31st. So including mm -hmm. past ones, as I understand it. Another thing yeah. that I recommended to some people is if you have a, something you want to promote a lot in shorts is go out and buy another domain for 20 bucks a year. That's like super easy to say and mm -hmm. remember. And when I worked in uh, radio, as a radio host and radio presenter, we would never give out web links like we do other places where they're clickable, right? You would never say, mm -hmm. so just go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash this slash that dash this tilde that, you know, so you can just go and get a domain that's nice and easy to remember and then give that out. And I think that can be really effective with that as well. So big week of 100%. changes in YouTube, which we are talking about right now. And of course, there are big changes happening throughout the social media marketing industry. If you're feeling the pressure, we've got AI, Twitter becoming X, threads from Instagram, there's been a never been a more important time to surround yourself with marketers, people like you who are also working through all of this period of change. So I would love to invite you to join us at Social Media Marketing World for three days of strategies, insights, and more. If you're ready to make new connections and find your next big marketing ideas, grab your all access ticket right now. You can go to socialmediamarketing.world. Again, socialmediamarketing.world. Dot world. So a couple updates to channel management on YouTube. One, permissions of the types of roles for people that work on your channel now available across all of the different platforms. And then they've also reorganized some of the channel settings, which I suppose is always for the better, but sometimes gets confusing. So what are some of these updates that we're seeing? Yeah, so this is a lot similar to where we saw the profile links are changing and stuff like that as well. First one's going to be you're going to be able to edit the channel banner from studio. And so much of this stuff has been changing a lot. The coined phrase 
now a bunch of changes, but it is. We're adding navigation chips to let managers switch account or Google account, moving permissions from manage your Google account to the settings in studio. And I think it's a lot of still some of that old stuff from the older YouTube back when you still had Google Hangouts and whatever. And all that stuff is just like those last little bits, just moving to a more modernized approach and just reorganizing it. And I just think it's just coming with studio becoming more modernized and it feeling like things should be in the proper place. So some other updates around content. One of them is YouTube really seems to be leaning into community posts, which is interesting because they've been there for many, many years, right? And so mm -hmm. that's something now that they've lowered the threshold. I remember before you had to have, remember what it was? Was it a thousand subscribers at one point? Yeah, because it used to be, I want to say like 1,000 or 5,000 to a point before some of those things became available and then it dropped and then it dropped again to like 500. Yeah, and now you can put up those community posts across any platform, wherever you are. You don't have to do it specifically on a desktop computer in a browser. Are you using your community posts? Are you seeing your clients use those effectively at all? The thing is, it's like, it's a good way to use it wrong and a good way to use it right. I do okay. use mine, <laughs> but it's not just to say, hey, I already posted a video that you may already got a notification for an X, Y, and Z, but another way to dive deeper into the comments. So polls, image polls have been really good so that they can see what they're voting for. And then you got to start off and really pay attention to like those first 60 to 70 characters because it'll go into the dot, dot, dot. And it's like if you can get somebody again, it's all copywriting. So if you can get them to expand, you can really dive into deeper conversations outside of a YouTube video because that just kind of goes out past the point. So it's like continuing a conversation and then just getting their feelings around certain things. I've seen clients do it wrong, though, with just saying like, hey, here's another video. Hey, I'm going live. Hey, I'm it's like you're talking at people instead of talking with them. Yeah, it really is important to be engaging. And I can tell you, too, that I've taken things that I have posted on like a traditional feed post on other platforms and just like, oh, I'll put this on YouTube. It does not necessarily translate in that way, even though I have a bigger audience on YouTube. But as you said, polls are a great way to get people to start getting engaged and build some more of that community. So YouTube yeah. Shorts obviously continues to be a priority for YouTube. And we're getting some new creation tools to go with Shorts. What are some of those that they've rolled out, Diana? I'm really excited about this one. So with shorts going to a playlist, first of all, that allows for this would be short form, an ignorable content past that initial engagement to become something a bit more. If you see you have now more people saving, more people wanting to watch this later or come back around to it, this opens the door for a whole new level of creativity or turning something that was only supposed to be a short now into a regular YouTube video. The shorts creation tools that they also added to this is collabs, which if you've ever used the stitch feature across like TikTok or Instagram reels. It's like that. But the thing that YouTube is doing a little different that I like is just making templates of be to the left of this video, be to the right, be to at top or at the bottom, mm. which saves you a lot of frustration of what you would want to do anyway with that video. So I think some formats will be better for text. Others would be for reaction and stuff like that. But there is a limit to this, if I'm correct, which is one to five seconds of that original person's video. So it's not going to be exactly like remix where you can just sit there, look at the screen and we're watching this <laughs> remix content together, it's not going to roll like that for a collapse, but a new Q&A sticker and a sound bundled feature, which is whatever that original track is and like an effect of like, let's say you have mascara or wings or butterfly wings, whatever, that kind of stuff can be bundled together now. But I think that's kind of just a utilization update more than something that's like really big because we see this already on other social platforms as well. Yeah, well, the nice thing about it, though, when you can bundle it together is if you are using to trying to do that remix, you get to preserve more of that. And, and sometimes you those are effects that you may not know how to do on your own where, where and now you can take advantage of, of somebody else's amazing talent and 
and add that kind of to your content as well. So, all right, this next update is just a test, but I I got mad when I saw this update. So I'm really excited to hear your take (laughs) on it, Diana. But YouTube is essentially testing AI generated summaries. And if I have this right, what I hoped it was is they would say, hey, it looks like this is what your video is about. Would you like to use this or tweak it slightly to be the description of your video? But it's actually where they are going to show potential viewers a summary that has been generated automatically that you cannot touch as the creator. Is that accurate? Is that your interpretation of it as well? Why, yes. Yes, it is, Jerry. And (laughs) I I am quite perturbed at this as well because, so quick update before I go into rant mode, but I'm going to try not to. It's a quick summary, like you said, of what the video is. And it is more around for the viewer. They're going to say, this is what this video is mostly about essentially. So from the creator's seat, the only control that they're allowing us at this time is the ability way at the bottom when you hit that pencil tool, which the details way at the bottom, it'll be a little checkbox that is the opt in or opt out thing. This is not per channel. This is a per video thing of to say either you want this done or you don't want this done. But again, you're going to have to probably go into like advanced features, whatever, and really hit the see more for this to work. Now, I do not like this at all from a creator or from a consumer standpoint because it takes away the surprise and delight. It's been plenty of videos Mm. that I watch and it's solely based on the thumbnail and like the title and like the text on a thumbnail. Completely different industries, nothing to do with nothing with anything that I do in business or for fun. And it's just like, that's really interesting. And watch a whole video about like cow hoofs trimming that (laughs) just like this was really interesting. Job. Is that cow going to be all right? Or <laughs> so it's surprise and delight with all kinds of stuff. But if I had a summary text to say, here's what this, no, I don't want to watch a cow hoof trimmer. It's like, for what? That's what I would think if I'm reading what the video is about. Instead of just allow me to enjoy the storytelling experience of whatever work that creator has done. If I genuinely have my curiosity and interest peaked, let me experience that. And I think YouTube now is getting in the way. Like AI is cool and it's great, but let's not get AI in the way of like a you and I type experience. Yeah, that's interesting because that's not where my mind went, but you're right. It's almost (laughs) like spoilers and it can take away some of that. So here's what frustrated me about it. And our amazing editorial director here at Social Media Examiner, Lisa and I were discussing this this week when we saw this story is we have both tested a ton, as I know you have, a ton of different AI tools that take a piece of content and they create a summary for you, right? I've Mm. probably tested at least 15 different ones. It's for podcasts, for videos. We'll write your summary automatically or give you a first draft and all these different things. And I am yet to see one that is accurate. Mm. And it's going to get better. I have no doubt. AI is just going to get better and better. But it tends to just grab on sometimes to one thing and Mm. make the whole thing about that. And I was thinking about this this morning. I do a hike every morning. I was thinking about this because I knew you were going to be here on the show today, Diana. One of the things that Diana says, if something is like really, really great, she will say it's the Bee's Knees Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so because he's oh, it's the bee's knees. So she's leveled that up to it's the bee's knees Hall of Fame, whether it's gear or a tool or whatever it might be. And so I could totally see hovering over one of your videos. And it's like in this video, host Diana Gladney discusses the bee's knees Hall of Fame award or whatever. And it's and it's a camera review or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> That's not what this is about. So that's the part that made me nervous. And I'm all for transparency and I'm all Mm -hmm. for helping people decide if it's the right video for them and and all of those other things. But the AI summaries, I just haven't seen them that are that good yet. So yeah. And that's if it understands us. I feel for all of my country folks that my little Southern twang in my throat, if I looked at the AI generated text transcript that YouTube has, I'm like, who even is this? Whose name is that? What are we even talking about? So it's like, it doesn't even know what I'm saying. It'll say something like spaghetti. And I've said something like a censor or what, you know, it's like, so those 
one branch specific stuff where it's a camera model, a program, a tool, a course name has no idea what that is because you just made it up. But this translation of it, assuming that it knows what's what. Yeah, I'm not on board with that because, again, not only is it going to be wrong, (laughs) it's for sure going to be wrong. But number two, it may just pull the most boring parts or not the reasons why that person is truly interested or would be interested. So why they clicked and why YouTube is even suggesting this to them. Yeah. And there was one I tried running some podcast episodes through it and it kept pulling the main data from the podcast intro that explains what the podcast overall was about and not Mm -hmm. what the episode was about, Mm. you know, for a video podcast. So, yeah, it's just in testing right now. I hope it either gets better or they give us a universal opt out. So it's not like one more thing we have to find and and uncheck. And I saw some places in some instances where they say you may not be able to turn this off. So we'll see if the summaries are not accurate. Obviously, consumers will stop relying on it very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So they'll they'll be forced to fix it. So another thing that YouTube is testing right now is the, (laughs) which seems pretty obvious, the removal of the playlists tab on a channel if no playlists have been created by the channel. So you Mm -hmm. go there. If you don't see playlists, it just means they don't have them. Seems relatively straightforward. So I could see them moving forward with that. And then the other one is a, a mobile first vertical live experience. So talk us through what that is and your thoughts on this. Yeah, this is something that could be very, very interesting or very, very annoying. And the two perspectives of this would be the fact that now this has to be a mobile first live stream, not a us being live here. And then we're just kind of reformatting this to fit vertical, not that kind of stuff. It has to be like us on our phone doing a regular live stream mobile, and then it would be shared in the midst of somebody scrolling through the shorts feed. Now, reason why this could be very good and interesting because it is a normal social behavior on TikTok that very well could present itself on YouTube shorts where you're scrolling through, you see a video that's recommended to you on the For You page. And then you like, I like this. What else do they have? And it says like a little bubble that you can click. This person is live. And then you can click over to whatever they're doing live. So I like it from that aspect, especially if the topics are similar. And from a marketer's perspective, let's say you are a social media marketing world 2024 and you are sitting and we're having this conversation at one of the meetup tables in the hall. Well, if we already posted a short about something like these updates that were coming and now something goes completely awry while we're at the event, let's discuss it. It makes sense for that logic chain where this can can become a disruption and not really great is the fact that when you're consuming shorts, you're not interested in long conversations. You just want that quick dopamine hit. You're enjoying yourself with whatever content you're consuming. This disrupts that because it takes you into a different vibe. So it's those two kind of like schools of thoughts of how this could be good or disruptive. Well, and I love that you shared that this from the consumer side has already been proven on Mm -hmm. TikTok. Occasionally when you're just watching the regular feed, a live will pop up and it looks a little different. You immediately notice that it's live. I've never had one come up that I've actually stopped to watch, but I know from talking to people that if you start watching a live, and this is great from a marketer's perspective, then if you watch for a few minutes and maybe you click like or you leave a comment, you're then going to start seeing lots more videos of the regular videos from them. And so yep. it is kind of making the shorts feed, it seems like more TikTok. And so I do think that there's an opportunity sure. there for marketers for sure. So I do like that. All right. Something they're renaming that we've all been calling it. And whether you run YouTube ads, ads or not, you have ads at the beginning where you can hit skip, you don't want to watch them. Well, they're now calling those skippable ads, they used to be called in stream ads. And so if you run YouTube ads, or you manage YouTube ads, just know that that's what they'll officially be called in there. But they aren't going to be called that in offline reporting and structured data file entities, they're still going to call it in stream ads, still the same thing, just something to be aware of. And then they keep expanding analytics, and they've been getting better and better. Thank goodness,
goodness on YouTube because right. of, we have so many different formats now. So what yeah. is this new tool we're going to be able to see when we look at our analytics in YouTube Studio? I'm really, really excited about this one. I'm already saying this now. It's been out for a little bit here. And this is the ability to see new and returning viewers by format, meaning if they're coming via your live streams. So if we do this show every week and every Friday, are we getting more subscribers to the channel based on this, our regular YouTube videos or our short form content? So you can see what new content specifically drew new people to the channel. And if they did not subscribe, that's where that returning viewers comes in because that person, they liked it. They may be engaged with it or something or watched consistent enough to say, you kind of like this one. So when we do the show again on another Friday, they're like, hey, this person posted again. Would you like to come back? And if they do come back, that's a signal to us that we need to make a change or something. We either need to do something to convert them over or we need to really think about why they didn't click on the subscribe to the first one. So I really like this just available on your base, like the app for analytics, just your base per video, just your regular analytics and being able to see that among everything else. It just gives a more human, relatable, conversational tone and couple this with an update we talked about before, which is like a recap that you see on mobile. Really, really good stuff when you start to compare and combine a lot of these things to get a better, accurate picture of the health of your videos and your channel for these potential subscribers. Yeah, I love seeing the, I mean, obviously new and returning viewers are both important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I love seeing the returning ones. And especially if you're trying to build community, which is one of the, my focuses this year, yeah. a little bit more community, then you, obviously you want the returning ones, the returning viewers to keep coming back and things like that. So yeah, I think that is a very welcome addition. So quick reminder, join us at Social Media Marketing World for three days of strategies, insights, and more. You can grab your all access ticket right now at socialmediamarketing.world, socialmediamarketing.world dot world. Diana, where can we discover more about you? Well, you can find me, of course, on YouTube at Diana Gladney, since we now have the handles and then just dianagladney.com and at Diana Gladney anywhere on these social platforms that keep popping up. All right. If you enjoyed this podcast, you want to add a couple more to your listening lineup. We have a couple for you to check out. One is the Social Media Marketing Podcast and then our newer show, The Marketing Agency Show, which is really good. If you work for or own an agency, definitely check out The Marketing Agency Show in whatever your favorite podcasting app is. Just do a quick search and it should come right up. And until next time, may you be wise with your marketing decisions. Thanks, everyone. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.